0: What's going on, listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of Can I Kick It? FC, digital is of bar. And is joining me is the guy that is feeling the pain of Jamaica not doing the best in World Cup qualifier. This is Mr. Dennis Chen. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good, man. Can't complain. Um, mm. Struggling to watch Jamaica in World Cup qualifiers. So, yeah, it sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, especially with all the high expectations, man. League guys coming in and this and that and just it's just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. so big brutal.
0: I was so excited when they said excited. we were gonna have Leon Bailey, Mikel Antonio, and then all of a sudden it's like Mikel- Leon Bailey blows out his hamstrings. Mikel Antonio <laughs> get told off by West Ham. I'm just like yeah, there goes the world cup. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And we were so dependent on the hype, like you know, it's it just kind of caused like an issue in the team as it is because people are like, oh, these saviors are going to come in and they just never came and then you know there's no responsible like players ready for to to, to to lead at that point, you
0: know. No, not at all. Maybe they need to call you, call you. You know, the super agent. Yeah. You, you could probably give them a good 20, 30 minutes here and there.
1: I'm giving him a, little, a couple of something, something. You know, I mean, I just brought in and like, Let's see if they can. You know, he should he should get a call out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That, that is true, man. But let's—I mean—before we talk about where you're at now, you're like, let's kind of start from the beginning. You started off as a player, definitely. Like, take us through the, like those Orlando City days when they were in the USL. Like, how did you get there? How was your experience? All of this stuff.
1: <clears throat> well, I—I—I um, I, I was finishing up school at the time, and I—I uh, I was supposed to be this like. Coming out of high school, this big D one player like da, da, da. and um, I ended up at a small D two school, and I was supposed to only be there for a semester and transfer to Duke actually, and then I just signed a state because I was having such a good time. And I, I didn't really think about playing professional soccer at that point. I was having fun playing. Uh, I had a pretty decent career, and at the end, my <clears throat> senior year, I was like, I don't want to stop playing. You know what I mean? I want to see what's out there. I want to try. My family wasn't really happy about that. They were like, hey, just just chill, do grad school, you know, get a real job kind of thing. And I was like, all right, just give me like six months. Let's see if I can make it in like six months, you know what I mean? So I started kind of training. Sounds
0: like the traditional Jamaican family.
1: Yeah, yeah like, they don't believe in you unless you see you show some kind of like urge, you know, they're not going to believe you. just <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so I, I mean, I started training uh, with this like, it's like it's called Spectrum Sports Performance. They still run it now, and it was just like kind of like performance training. It wasn't like ball stuff really, um, but it's made for like top athletes. And and then some guys that were training in my training group were like one or two of them were pros in soccer. They one of them like sport Kansas City or whatever, and one uh, well, of the Kansas City Wizards at the time, and um, and another couple of them were just guys that wanted to be pros. So I was like in a good spot. And then uh, Orlando City got announced that it was coming to Orlando, and I was like, "Oh, great! Oh, this is an actual pro team coming to my like my area. That's gonna be great." But they, in my head, it's like they they said they were bringing a lot of the guys from Austin because they were bringing it, it was it was the team was from Austin. So I was like, "Ah, I'm not gonna really get a chance there. i was trained gonna train and try to go on trials in January." And um and then somehow I get uh my, PDL coach was putting together some kind of like special training with 12 college guys. And they were just gonna go out of the field. And then, um, Agent Heath was gonna come out there and watch, you know, and see. And then one of the guys got hurt. So he invited me to take the place of one of those guys. So I come into this training, so I just come in train. And it was like possession, like small possession, and then it was like a 6v6 game. And then after that session, I guess Adrian said that he was interested in me and then I was like out of nowhere, out of every person, I was the only one and then like I was at one day, I was just training and then they called, I got a call, I was like, hey, you want to come to preseason in Atlanta City? Out of all the players and I was like, oh, I was like so pumped and my mentality going into that was like, I'm just going to be this like practice player, I'm just going to learn as much as I can and last as long as I can before I get cut, like that was my, my thing. I had elite pace, athleticism. And I was like, I was always like a dribbler. Like I was like, I can handle some pace. I go in there, I was like the only young guy there. Like everyone else was like that. So I was just like bringing, I was like bringing pennies, washing pennies. They're telling
0: I was going home
1: and washing pennies for the team. I was like pumping balls every day. Like I was doing every one of those men the work, but like what a team
0: admin was. <laughs> we like a, it's not a like you were on waterboard duty.
1: Yeah, I was like literally waterboard. And I was just like, <laughs> was my attitude, I was small every day and everyone was like it. So it was just for me, And then it comes down to the end. Uh, and I was just, every week I lasted, and I lasted, and I lasted. People were getting cut all around me and I was the one last. And then finally, they offered me a, a little dinky contract. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I made it. Like this one-year deal. And then, we didn't have enough players, so the first ever, I don't know if you know this, but the first ever Orlando City game ever, like an actual game, like our first, like, you know, pre game was against Philly Union, we won, blah, 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 that wasn't real. Our first real game ever was against Richmond Kickers away. Wow. And I was on a trip. I made the 18 as a rookie, and I went there, and it poured that game, and we lost 2-0. Or Anderson's first ever game to Richmond me tickets. I don't know if you know that. And uh, I remember me in the locker room after the game, and Adrian was furious. And he was going around to every player on the team and told them told them why they were terrible. He was like, Oh, you, you couldn't even keep the ball and save your life. You, and he got to one of my Haitian friends, he's like, you, you can't even speak English. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, he just like he play with you, and he gets to me and I didn't even touch a minute I didn't play s- I didn't this I warmed up <laughs> like that's all I did he goes you he goes I didn't want you to be a part of that for your debut or your professional debut. <laughs> and like, and I was know true and it goes around and like that I didn't touch I got any re- real minutes until op- the summer when Open Cup. It was Open Cup. And I was like, ah, oh, let me play. Me. Started my first game, scored, got two assists. And then they're like, ah, oh, this guy, you know, I've been listening and learning from all the best the whole time. I was only one of two rookies on our team. And then they're like, oh, this guy can offer us something. So after that, they started giving me like five, 10 minutes in the, the game runs fast. I can't pressure anyone, And then by the end of the season, the last game, the last game of season, I scored, and they're like, I, I had some momentum. And then we played like Charleston Battery in the quarterfinals, and then I and I scored in overtime for to win it. And then we played Richmond Kickers again in like a semifinal, and I scored again to win it. So I scored two goals leading up to the finals as a substitute. And they were calling me the super sub, blah, blah, blah. So we got our revenge and we kicked it, blah, blah. We, had a, we won the regular season, easy, but like, you know what I mean? And then we had our first two 2011 finals when it was like crazy. Uh, we got down a man in the 50th minute. We scored in the 85th minute. Harrisburg scored, made it 1-1. We go to extra time, they scored made it 2-1. And then the last minute of extra time, the last period, I get fouled. In the box, we get a penalty, we tie it 2-2, and we win the penalties. So my first ever professional year, I won a regular season USL title and a championship. So moving into my second year, uh, they were like, oh, this guy can do something, and I got a three-year deal with know So that's when I kind of you know, gave me three.
0: I knew one was getting
1: three-year deals back in those days. So. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, yeah. like, that's kind of unheard of in, like, lower yeah. division yeah. soccer. So I yeah. yeah. just <laughs> really believed in you.
1: Yeah, so this was 2012, 2011, 12, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 2011. So I'm like, I was like buzzing. I was like, "Oh dog guy. I was seeing my stuff. Because so Orlando was well supported. Like, this, we were the team. Like, it was the MLS teams and us. And, uh, and we were, they were making it sure that like, we had 12,000 fans of the and thing. And then and the first year team, at that time, no one was getting fans. You know, like the MLS team was getting as much fans consistently like we were. And uh, so it's going to the 2012 year, I killed it. You know, I was sharing time with three strikers rotating, and I won a golden boot, <laughs> sharing time with three strikers. So I won the USA golden boot. I was MVP, top three, and, and that's when my career really started. Like kind of getting like, all right, this kid can do something. At the end of the season, uh, there's tons of people asking me to go alone. I went uh, to Chicago fires. So Let's go alone there. It fell through because DC United had my rights that I didn't know of. Then I went to DC and I ended up a season with DC United, even though I was an Orlando City player because they wouldn't let me go. So this was this, always this big pull to Going to the 2013 season, we lose. The only regular season we've ever lost in the USL in my like four years, Orlando, was the Richmond Kickers. When you guys had that, like, 17 game on beaten streak, but we not like 19 game on real but we had that 18 game on streak, street. We lost by like one point this season. I remember that. And then we lost oh no, that was 20, yeah, yeah, 2013. We lost, yeah, we lost you know in that regular season that was 2012 or whatever. And then uh that Dom Dwyer year when we won 7-4 in the championship, I scored two and Dom Dwyer scored four. Anyway. Moving on after Orlando City, my four years was there, and my three-year contract was up. They were going to MLS. I made it real clear in 2012, especially that I was, especially when I started getting an MLS offers, for loans, and stuff that I wanted to leave. And that was my first real thought: I was like, "Listen, I've learned what I need to learn here. I, 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 I wanted to go. I want. You know, at that point, I had a golden boot already." I USL title already. I USL regular season. I got a conference title already. I was first team all league. I wanted to like experience something, and I remember they just let me go on loan to like San Antonio. So, yeah, I was like, <laughs> they didn't let me like do anything, and, I had and my agent was in time, Like said he wanted to stay, and it kind of deteriorated. I was still scoring goals, 2013, 2014, still scoring goals, but i would never wanted to go to the team to MLS. So I made that really clear. And It was stupid. Looking back at it, It's stupid. It sounds stupid. <laughs> For that entire time, I'm thinking Europe. Like that's always in my head. I was going to ask you about.
0: I was going to ask you yeah. like, why didn't you want to make that transition with the team to MLS? But like you yeah. were just mentioning Europe. Yeah, I, was so like, like, I was in Europe. Europe right?
1: Exactly. I was like, I want to go to Europe. That's exactly what I was saying. I was like, I was at that point. I was considered the fastest player in America. The field, like it was only me, Dominic Duro and, and like Marvin That was like, so I was like, fast, I was scoring goals. I was like, I want to, like, I translate well in somewhere in you know, Europe, right? So at the end, like, it was like kind of messy. I didn't like how the transition to from USL to MLS went. It was that, that 2014 season, our team was stacked. Like, I've never been on a better team. Like, <laughs> guys on that team were, shouldn't have been on our team. I'm talking like, We had James O'Connor, who is the the Vice President of Louisville right now. We had Rob Valentino as our captain, who was just interim coach of Atlanta United just recently. We had Anthony Pulis, who's right now as assistant coach of Inter Miami. We had we had Darwin Sarand, who's the captain of El Salvador right now, and he's at Houston Dynamo, Kevin Molino, who's at Columbus Crew, like you know what I mean? He had 20 goals. We had Austin Deleuze, who turned he's at NCFC, North Carolina FC legend. We had Brad Russin. He played in the Vancouver Whitecaps and all that kind of stuff. We like we we were Corey Herbstoff. who's we still scoring goals in the in the in the, in the, in the championship. He's probably at eighty hundred goals right now. The team is still He's still playing. We had Adama Bengue, who's we who end up playing for, for Senegal in the World Cup twenty eighteen. We had like, our team was a like, player for player stack. So obviously we ranked. Like we ran through, so we were we were an MLS team in the US in 2014, and somehow we lost to Harrisburg Islanders one zero. That's and how then, it goes, man. That's yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah. So, like at that point, at that point, I just didn't. It was like the team was transitioning, blah blah blah. Kakao was coming in. Kakao, was, cacao was training with the team. Shea, all those guys are already like, training with the team, and uh, and then I went to Denmark. So I went to Denmark, and I thought I was like, "Oh Europe, I was here." I'm like, "Yeah, it's gonna be good, boy." Was I mistaken? I was not ready for that. It was cold. I was miserable. I felt homesick. I lasted three months until I.
0: hold on, on. hold on, hold on. Let's let's back up. You went to Denmark and you really you didn't realize it was cold, sir. No, I'm thinking like I'm thinking football. Like I'm
1: thinking like I'm just gonna go kill it. Like you know, everyone just thinks like football. You're not thinking lifestyle. You're not thinking. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I come out there and the fields were not what I expected.
0: Like, you think in know you think
1: in you you
0: know, you think facilities. You're like, the person in Florida that moved to New York with just flip-flops and be like, oh, I'm going to make it work. Yeah, like, I'm thinking like that. I
1: was, was not prepared. I was sleeping and sliding on here. I was looking like Bambi on ice. Like, I was like, what is going on? I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing as I'm not doing this oh I, didn't, I didn't get through that transition phase I talked to my agent He's like Cosmos wants you and Phoenix wants you and I was like I'm going to Phoenix <laughs> I was like I'm going straight to you bro <laughs> so like I came back I was shaming myself at that point I'm like ah oh, you know like oh, I made this big deal I could I, I should have went to them last day like I'm um, back in the championship that was one thing I didn't want to touch so like I way i was right back where i was you know so like was before um and I was like I'm gonna kill it again like trash season we had like you know didn't do as good but i was then I ended up in Ottawa in AL uh in another stat team probably one of the most stat teams too with tons of international players and uh somehow because of we had an israeli international player team Teams in Israel saw me, and then I kind of forced a mid-season transfer.
0: (laughs) Oh, I gotta hear this! How did you hear this
1: story? Uh, I'm not gonna talk about especially what it, but me and my uh, so my agent and I, my agent is a good friend. My agent is the best. Shout out to Edmond Keenan. He is now the GM of FD Mexico. Just announced. No. So he transitioned from Asian, and now he's in the player personnel. He had a player personnel at New Mexico United, and that's a good club, obviously. You know. So um, so he we, I was at Ottawa. We had a great team. We were very underperforming. It was one of the places where I the team was amazing off the field. like We were vibing. We were going out. Ah, everything was good. On the field, terrible. And we had top players. We had Julian the Gooseman was the most capped player in Canadian history. We played the Bundesliga, blah, blah, blah. We had James Bailey. He was coming from Derby County from Championship. We had had Danny Wonga, who was at Philadelphia, you you know, had that name. We had Johnny Steele that was playing for Red Bulls and Vancouver Bycast. We had we had like maybe four or five Canadian (laughs) internationals. And we were playing NESL and we were last place.
0: I don't
1: know, like you could like, uh, I'm not gonna say anything. But anyway, I was like, I dislike it here. Can, you know what can you do? And he's like, one day I was driving. We're on the bus back from somewhere. He's like, hey, a team in Israel is really interested in you. But obviously under the contract, blah blah blah. We've got to play this the right way. If we come too like hard, they're going to offer for a crazy amount of money. That that it's not bad. so. Basically, we kind of had to force it that like Danny Moonga got signed and Tommy and two two fours were getting signed. So I was like, oh, perfect. Like this is the only time a four is like, yay, come take my spot. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So we waited until the team like was doing well. Like we had a stretch where they scored goals and I was playing like he put me right back. So I was like, yeah, let me play right back. Look, you got these great fours here, right? So we went to them with that, and then um, we said, hey, this team, this, and we can put in some buy we can put in clauses where if they sell me there, you get 50, 60% of the transfer fee to the next club too. We're putting in all these little, like, like clauses, Oh yeah, this look good. Like, I mean, we are, our team's already good. Obviously, I found my strikers now. You know, they need you—that kind of thing. Blah blah blah. And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> So, so we're like going good. And then, uh, so basically, I started packing up my stuff. He signed the papers that basically transferred me to Israel. Like, he signed the paper. So I was like, Let's go back. We're going. And then he said to me one day, "We did bad." He goes, "Ah, you're not going anymore." we need you to go play against Tampa Bay Rallies. <laughs> like, like, but but I was like, uh, like at the time, I was like, like, supposed to go to my new club. So, without telling anyone, I basically took a flag from Orlando and hit out. <laughs> no one knew where I was.
0: Uh, no one knew out there in the middle of the night.
1: Yeah, just like, was gone. Like Only my roommate took me to the airport, Kyle Porter, he's a Canadian international he's still playing FC Edmonton right now. But, like, took me there while my agent kind of talked to them, like, listen, he's not coming back. Like, you know, just get over it. You already signed the papers, da, da, da. And, like, I was just, you know, training by myself till a time. Cause like, if I would have went and I could have risked injury and then the deal would have fell through and, like, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I kind of forced my way, like, like, pretty much disappeared from my team. And, like, we had, like, this, that year, we had, like, this wall of, like, fame slash shape, and, like, so many players got transferred that year. <laughs> they, would, they would take your name tag off the locker room and put it on the wall. And, like, RIP, like an RIP wall. I and mean, then I knew I was done when I got, like, the snap that said I was on the RIP wall and my name tag was on there. I was like, Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and I ended up going the Israel. I loved it. I played really well. Uh, the first half of the season, they said I was the best form player in the league. And then our team, which was like a lower budgeted team at a time, which uh, so I was the main guy. they were like, "Hey, you remember Orlando City when you were like the best club in the league? This is not going to be that club. <laughs> you're, gonna have to do, you're gonna have to do all what you do plus tax. You're not gonna have the help. You're you're gonna have. You're gonna have to pass the ball to yourself basically and score. <laughs> like you know what I mean? So I had to do everything. So." Um, we were doing well. We were sitting third at one point, and coming into halfway in the season, our owners got mad cocky. Our owners like, yeah, we're going to survive no relegation, because they are expecting like, a relegation battle. Mm-hmm. So they started selling right. off players on our team. So they threw mm-hmm. up three four players on our team. They sold our like, best Bosnian midfielder, like season January we know. <laughs> I was like, there was like bigger clubs like interested in buying me. And I was like, I was hoping I was going to be that guy. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, eh, like I'm talking to my agents. Agents like, oh, you, don't want you want to leave No, You want to leave the summer window? I'm like, no, this is the time. They're selling it. You know what I'm Yeah. Dude, they were just getting rid of players. By the second half of the season, we were so bad that we started tanking. And obviously, guess who gets the blame? The fourth striker, the DP, you know what I mean? So, I mean, like, I uh, was out here. I couldn't go out in the city. I had to, like, <laughs> I had to go out in another city if I was going to go out. It got pretty bad. Then our coach got fired with, like, five games left in season. Yeah, and he brought me in. And then I was, like, I kind of boycotted me, this the other fourth player that he brought in, so we didn't even play the last five games in season. And then they just kind of tarnished my name there. Yeah, it kind of tarnished my name there. So I came back to Orlando in the off-season that summer, and I was training with the first team. I was training with the MLS team at a time uh, with Kyle and Doug Dwyer, and you know, all guys that I knew really well. And um, and I was thinking, like, oh, should I come and try to play MLS. I was over the 38th time, you know what I mean? And I was trying to go back to Israel, and I had offers from clubs in the USL, and my whole thing was never touching foot in the USL again. <laughs> like I told you, I got like, never touching foot. So it comes that summer window, and I had two deals to go back to Israel, and somehow they fell through. And I was stuck. And that January window, the USL season obviously is ending. So I basically went from July to November for December with no club. And it looked bad, obviously yeah, bad. So I had a like a six-month six period with no the club. And then like so when like the 2018 season starting and, and Pittsburgh came along with like, oh yeah, this 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 this. I jumped on it. Like I jumped on it. Uh and then like the to love big signing. I was like coming confident, like, but I hadn't played football in like months, like you know what I mean? Like and because I I, I, I missed the last five games in the last season too in Europe. And oh this big signing to save the day, Bob Lilly brings it in. My first day, I only signed the end of preseason, right? My first day in training, I I I'd never been injured really, really in my, my career, mainly really some muscle injury. Did my ankle out for like four months. And I was trying to come back. Within that time, I was trying to come back the whole time. So I was looking like a bum. I was out here on one-legged training, trying to play. And they are like, wow, this is the guy that you brought in? <laughs> I, I can only imagine now I talk to guys there. That's you know, Like Nico Brett was on our team. He was a striker. Like,
0: guys that you probably
1: know at Forbes and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's not who I want to represent myself. But that humbled me. I, I became like more of a leader in a locker room. I was like, I've been there. helped you players. That got me to the U.S. basics in Richmond, right? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, at that season, I was like, oh, I, I, I'm healthy again. I need to prove myself. I go to any team that will really improve myself and then preferably with the championship. And Richmond came along He said, oh, you can do it here. You know what I mean? And that's how it happened. And then, obviously, it didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I still, like, at the end of the day, I, I, I played, I, I, I wasn't hurt a lot. And I and I played some good football at times, and you know I was just disappointed in the level of at the time of League One, uh, and I was disappointed in certain things. But like, I overall really loved like my time at the teachers. Like, I really, really, really like Richmond. Um, and I like like you my wife said, she loved it, like she loves it, um, and everything. So and obviously I was played a big part in getting like a good player like. Joe Gallardo there, so that panned out, you know what I mean, and that kind of a transfer to go, you know, obviously in the USL Championship, and that gave that transfer money got back to, you know, Richmond, and so I was always helping players throughout this whole time, uh, mentoring players in the off-season, I ran, I ran camps in, uh, camps like training things in the off-season in Orlando, where Pro players will come, MLS guys, whatever, and I'll run it for free. And then that's where I get my training and I'll just run sessions. So I was always around and I would just invite like young academy guys, guys that I thought I had talent, or college guys that I thought I had talent. So I was always like around the next generation who's coming up and had a big role play in those new guys you know and so a lot of the homegrown guys that are on the right now at some point I coached them or, you know at some point they came through that little that offseason camp so I was like all right when I was kind of transitioning thinking about transitioning in, in the pandemic I was like all right where do I go from here without this do I be coach now that I had that little player coach thing you know I, after I left Richmond I was like no way no <laughs> way! I'm like I'm not touching. It. I just didn't see like professional coaching is just like so hit and miss. Like there's no like consistency. Like you know what I mean. You can do well one season and everyone hates you the next season. And, like I like people to like me. I like to do good. And, like, <laughs> so, like, I don't want to burn those bridges. So I'm like, how else could I like, play a good part and stay in the game and Obviously, like, the player representation side kind of got brought out because my age was like, yeah, you're good at this. You're good at finding talent. You're good at seeing where people fit. You're good at mentoring. You're good at this. And like now, you've got these connections from playing the game. Like You'd be perfect for it if you wanted me to join them. And I, and I felt it took a lot of conviction because I hate this the sliminess of the game. I hate the backdoor business and this and that. I just dislike it. So that's why I was saying, hey, i like to do it for free because then you know I'm not trying to come over on you. But now when you're actually a business, then you're like, oh, you're supposed to have some kind of, you know, and make some kind of money off it. Like, it kind of didn't sit right with me at first. So I had to get my mind around, can I do this the right way? in my way when I actually care about people and, you know, make the right connections and do things the right way? Is that even feasible in this market and this world? And I figured out a way to do it, and then I went full steam, and
0: here, here it is Oh, <laughs> um, so it's one thing I want to ask you about <clears throat> Ole Miss. You were talking about, it. and one thing it was like one thing that kind of kept popping up about just certain moves in your career. You wish you would have done things differently. Absolutely. Now being a player, being an agent, how do you go about advising your players that you have underneath you? To navigate the right way, and also like uh, let the listeners know, like you have your own sports agent you now, Chin Sports, right?
1: Yeah, so so it's Chin C H Y N, and then like <laughs> there's a sports division, and they obviously that's the spread. So we we, we we we're doing that whole thing, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <I feel> oh, <you. laughs> um, but yeah, like yeah. how do you navigate? Uh, how do you help your players, you players navigate that play? next and things like that?
1: So obviously, I've like obviously I've been through a lot. Like there's like regardless of the level you play, there's certain things. There's there's a certain thing, like a mindset you need to have to be a professional everything. Uh I don't care if you're gonna be a scientist, blah, 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 whatever. You have to have, you have to have you have to have like some kind of care for your craft. You have to, you know what I mean. But in sports, especially because it's such a small percentile, everyone wants to do it. Every little kid is like, "Oh, I'm going to be a professional!" Right? Like, there's, there's a lot of kids come in thinking it's going to be this like every their vision is going to go how it's going to go. Like, you know what I mean? They're going to come in, break into the first team, score, and kill it, and then they're going to go to Europe, and then they're going to win the Champions League and the World Cup. It's like this whole vision. So this is oftentimes broken very quickly because <laughs> at the end of the day, when you're really young and you get into a locker room and everyone, these guys in your family's mouth to feed, you can't. It's, it's just talent is not enough. You have to have some kind of grind. Like this, I know, I knew. You know, but I was in the locker room and I've seen it where some old player, older players, would break young players just for fun, like would just like break. And I was just—I was never, you know what I mean? I was never part of that. I started defending it. That's why I had relationships with a lot of young players. But I try to prepare my guys for everything. the mental aspect of the game is the biggest because you have to balance expectations with reality. At the end of the day, you think you're this kind of player, but no, not no one, not everyone sees you as that. Like, you're not producing at the level of this player that you think you are. And I, one thing I hate is not accountability. Like, people are like, oh, I'm not playing because the coach doesn't so like me. Oh, I hate that. If you're so good, it do not matter who likes you who not. Maybe I'll push you on the field because they want you to win. Like, they want to win. Like, this, like, that's my point. If you're so close, like, you, you might be a little bit better than someone. Right, and you, you keep it that coach then yeah, the coach can make a decision like, Yeah, I like this guy more. You can play, but that's that's not even control. What's in control, you should not be that close. You better pull away. And that's why when, when young players start making excuses, squash that because those excuses don't get it. so. Um, so yeah, I try to you know keep my guys accountable, I try to guide them in a certain way. Obviously, I don't believe that I'm the only one that can get them to where they. You know, can go. I mean, if you have the talent enough, and that's what we try to look for the top talented players, if you have the talent enough, you will get there at some point if you do the right things. Now, I want to make the path easier, and I want you to have the support. Whether your dog needs to find a vet and you're in Richmond, you don't know who to talk to, and I call up a guy and they like, hey, like, <laughs> you were know vetted, that makes their life easier that you can focus on football. Now, a lot of other agents, they're just And a lot of other places that, you know, uh, they're just in it for the contract negotiation. They're there for you. Like, when you're hot, they're there. Like, oh, yeah, you want a deal? Like, you know, let's go talk. It's easy to talk to a a team when you play as the best player in the league because everybody wants you. You know what I mean? But how do you navigate that um, when you're not? When they have a broken leg? When they, You know what I mean? Like, for example, Riley Craft. You know that, man, right? You
0: know that very well.
1: You know yeah. yeah. Is a guy that I've always been a fan of. And uh, and even when uh he got brought into the the season, that 2019 season, because I was like to was like, oh, you gotta win this guy. you li- listen to me at Joe, make like this guy too. Because he was at Orlando C V with Joe, and they were you know, those are guys that I saw when I came back. Uh, so when I came into this and started chin like he's one of the guys that he was, oh, he's in my friendly with Joe. We always talking to me group chats to this day. <laughs> so, like, I was like, if you want a person I believe in is me and you want to leave, that he was like already done with his agent and he left and me. And my thought process for him was, what do you want to do? And he's always want to play Europe. And I found a pathway for him, talked to some clubs in Spain. They were interested and he was going to Spain and broke a bone in his foot. So, he broke a bone in his foot in January, comes back, broke a bone in his foot in June right before the window. So think about his mentality. Think about like all the hopes and dreams and everything you have. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna miss football for a year. Like how do you manage that? Like you know what I mean? That and that's why that's the hard part about it. And that's what like I'm here for. Like I don't yeah it's great when my my players are scoring hat tricks every game. Hey, that's fun. But you have to be there for that and he's done well he's fought himself back he's back fit trying to get um, sorting out some things we'll see in the future of how that plays out you will see very soon um, so he's you he should be back you know in the mix but like that's that's what I mean by it you know what I mean like things happen in football like he's never gotten hurt in his life <laughs> and all of a sudden he's about to miss a year in football you know I mean? he's a very talented player so um, I think that's uh, that's what we try to do we try to guide you when you're broken blah 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 but my biggest thing is that I don't sign anyone that I don't believe in, and this sort makes my job really easy. You know what I mean? If I believe in you, you it doesn't matter if you don't believe in yourself sometimes, because I'm going to push you through. You know what I mean? But yeah. if i was doing it for just a deal, like if i just do it for like, oh, I get some commission right here, like I'm not going to be as not as motivated to, to do it. So I don't <laughs> want I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I feel
0: that. Um. I want to ask you this too, because you are like a black player, but what are some of the difficulties that you experience being a black man in that space of being a player agent? Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't think I know any player agents that are black that have their own agency. (laughs) Uh, That's not African because <laughs> obviously the African these you know they have their own name, things over there or yeah. well, French in France but in the US um, I don't know any really and I mean it never scared me because uh, the fact that I knew it was gonna be difficult it's not a space that you know what I mean it's like like a lot of owners. Dwight, there are a lot of the sport narratives, blah, blah, blah. I knew that coming in. Like it's not something I like, I I like a lot of people have that chip on their shoulder, like, oh, like like I said, just like I use my players. Like it's just like I, I I use it just like I would play the game. Like what can I control? I can't control this. I can't control that <laughs> that I'm black, right? I can't control that. But what I can control is that I'm gonna do the right work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I got the right reputation and find good players and you know what I mean and communicate well and you know be very professional. If someone calls they can answer it's this, 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 and make sure the contracts I'm negotiating is true and this, and that's gonna get me where I need, need to be. Well, obviously, there's gonna be some times where I can't break through that ceiling because of maybe this and this and this, but um, but I figured that I would cross that bridge when it comes and I am hoping that, you know, because I'm so, I'm I'm younger, that, uh, and I have this, like, (laughs) this, like, naivety and (laughs) this positive area and the vibe around it, that, like, it'll get me through. Because I've always, regardless of everything, had a very, I've always been a very good people person. So this is the one thing, right? And this is the reason why I I decided to do this on my own. Because I felt like this is the one thing that I ha- could have in my control. I can build as fast as I want to. I can build as slow as I want to. I can I can approach any, any team that I feel that has the same values as me and my players, and I can choose not to. I don't have to do business with anyone. They don't have any. You see what I'm saying? So it keeps it it, it it keeps me true. Whereas if I would have you know maybe jump in the front office somewhere and there's a culture in that office What I might not agree with but I have a check coming in and I have a family you know what I mean, I mean I feel like, all right, I'm going to have to <laughs> You know? I mean? but I don't have to do that now I mean it's hard work Um I don't expect to be just off the door profitable if I thought that was the case then I'm not in the business for you and I'm not just jumping and all of a sudden signing messy and making millions and millions of dollars and I think that's a lot of people have that thought but um I'm doing it this way because I don't need that money now <laughs> I'm trying to build something that you know has like structure for the future that yes it'll be profitable and yeah we'll have you know the good time but for now like, it's just do it the right way do the right thing and then when that time comes I want to make sure that like I said that we're so good at what we do and it's so well run that it doesn't matter gonna to have to take it seriously you know what I mean just like I said <clears throat> yeah just like I said to the other players if you're so much better than that other guy you're not keeping it close if you're someone what are, what are they gonna do hurt their business by not doing business with you or what are they gonna not put you on the field and hurt their team and, and that's how I vision so if I have that then I, I'm always in control and uh, there's no excuses there's no one um, putting you know putting any shackles on it uh, and, and that's why and that's why I, I that's
0: how I envision it. word man look man just listen to you it's so good to hear because it's like no like seriously like it's so good to hear that not only as a black man but it's like you're taking ownership you're taking control but you're also like mentoring giving back because your own playing career like you said like I was too young to realize that I should have stayed at MLS and not try to push too early and that's a lot of things that, you know, here in America that the fan base is trying to push on players. It's like, oh, bypass that militia, just go to Europe. Yeah. Where, you know, you've got to be realistic. It's like Europe isn't set for everyone. And, you know, yeah. everyone thinks, like, oh, when you go to Europe, you're going to play in the top five countries. You're going to automatically win the Premier League. Whereas, like, no, like, yeah. you're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to grind for it. So it's, it's good to hear that there's ages out there like you, particularly you, like – that are giving these guys real-life experience of real-life expectations and goals,
1: you know? Yeah, exactly. So, like, for example, I have a player right now um, <clears> that I actually brought in Darren Richmond, but he's a baller. He was 18 at the time. He's now 19. He's turned 19. Uh, he's a youth international. Um, he got called up to the first team already at 19 uh, for his national team. And he has and he has interest in France and Ligoon already. And he could have easily, all right? So I spoke to his parents and stuff, and I brought him for the Caribbean to live with me. Why? Because I, obviously I saw his time. The boy can play. The boy is already playing, you know, you can see his time, right? Darren saw his time. One minute, one minute training. Then <laughs> I was like, "Please let me have it."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but uh, but what I was going to say is that that boy could make a joke to Europe right now, especially at his age, nineteen years old. Da da da. But no what no one knows is this: he never even used a microwave before. <laughs> like the guy can't do his laundry. <laughs> he never, he never had a bank account. Who's gonna teach? like? You're gonna ship him off now. Ship these players off, big money. Oh yeah, this money saves everything. I'm gonna go, you're gonna go to say he goes to even France and they speak his language. Like a lot of his French, speak his language, right? say he goes to France, right? He's gonna go from a from from a place, a small place where he was poor, he didn't have anything, and he's gonna go with that huge kind of culture shot, all of a sudden money in his pocket, da 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 da, da. He never knows how to cook before. He never his mom listed it, a lot of stuff for him. He never knows his laundry. Like, what is that kid's mindset like? is he focusing on training every day? Like who's there to, to talk to him about that? Who's there to help him? Like he's just going in, you just throwing him in the fire. And then if he succeeds, yeah, like yes, yeah, it's because he's telling Yeah, maybe on his top. But if he gets an injury, his mind's gonna be gone. Like like people are not looking at all the details that go beyond just jumping. Out of like these kids are kids, they if you're 18, 17, 19, 20. You're know, kids, you're not mature, or you can be 18, 19. But if you have the right support system, you can do it. But if you don't have the right, you're not doing it. Like the thing about it, you have to realize a lot of those European players are, are thriving in Europe because that's their culture. You're a Premier League player, right? You're probably coming from a Premier League academy in the same country, the same, you've gone through the level, right? you've seen other guys do it. Like, there's like, like even in the U.S., there's not many guys that have done those jumps successfully. So, like, you know what I mean? So, so you can't just like go like people just are just jumping into because it. it's the American mentality, right? We always think we can like just jump in and just do it. It's gonna happen. But I like in my eyes the start process. So for him, for this boy, I said, "All right, you bring him to the U.S. right." It's close enough to his home country, you know what I mean? There's going to be cultural influences. I make sure every club that he's going to look at has an area where there's his people around, where he can go and get his food, you know, from that store, blah, 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 blah. That's very important, like, you know, stuff like that. I make sure maybe they speak his language or culturally, you know what I mean, how it is. You know what I mean? Maybe a player on the team already is from this country. Yeah? You know what I mean? And I trust that guy. And most importantly, I trust the coaching staff. I trust the management to not abuse the situation. Meaning, like, yes, he might be young, maybe he's talented, but everything can't be at his shoulder. You can't crush his spirit. You can't like this is as any in the day. you're still a boy, right? You're still trying to make it in the world that you don't know. You're still making the transition. And if all those things are right, he's gonna come over here. He's going to ball up. And then he's going to have the maturity of a year or so away from home. You know what I mean? Playing good football. Playing week in and week out or not week in and week out. Knowing how to fight for his position in a system where it was not at home at all. And then
0: you make the jokes, know you're so much
1: (laughs) You, you know how to you have a bank account you know how to drive a car you know how to use a microwave you know what I mean you know how to handle yourself and you have the the person behind you so if anything goes wrong you say hey what this is what I need da 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 and that's the path what I see for my players now that's not for everyone there's another player from the same country he's three years old and he's played two world two gold cups already right same country he. Speaking to him, speaking to his family, speaking, and I know when I watched his game. His game is a lot more mature. His mindset is a lot more mature. He can make that jump straight. So you have to know that each person different. You can't use the same pathway for everyone. And a lot of agents and a lot of people try to use the same for everyone because it's convenient. They're like, all right, I have a connection with this club, right? Just put him in this code. I and mean, they've already pulled out a guy. Yeah, yeah, they've shown a track record. Yeah, but maybe it's not for this player. So, like a, for example, Kristen Pulisic, and I know his dad, because Mark Pulisic was my coach at Pittsburgh. And you know that. <laughs> so Kristen was a kid that had it here. He went over, he had support, he was in the academy, he had no pressure on him because he went to the dorm Academy for a little bit. You know what I mean? He did his process, he was a good place where they played young. Pros, they play the young guys. They think that was the Dortmund plan: is that you are good enough. They're gonna mentor you. You're gonna get your minutes. They're gonna build your profile. They're gonna sell you to a big club in Europe. Right? That was a perfect place for him Now, if Christian Chris was would have went to the Premier League straight away. Now he's already having a hard time in the Premier League after years in Europe. Imagine if you would have just went at seventeen.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very true.
1: Yeah, it's very true. It's yeah, it's very true. There's no real there, so my thought is that I'm going to try to, it might be wrong, I'm going to try to give them the best chance, <laughs> a higher probability, like you know, you might do all that, build your profile there, blah, 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 blah. and then you go over, and you still don't make it. But you know what, you already, build, you already showed that you can play in the USL or the MLS, right? You can only come back, people are going to try. but you know, if you made that jump at 1718 and you never, and like, you don't get any past there, you fail what do you come back to? You know what I mean? Like, you have no base. You have no foundation. Yeah. So, there's different ways to look at it. Like, it depends on the player. It depends on the talent. Like, nowadays, people, you know, a lot of people are looking here. People don't even know it. Like, obviously, you see Guzio, you know, Desmond, like, guys are going to leave the MLS club like that. Even in Champions League, look at Johnson Gomez. People are looking in the U.S. now. So, a lot of opportunities there
0: yeah, yeah, that's true, man. Yo, I'm not gonna lie to this. this has been like a very insightful, and dope conversation with you, man. Like, it is very dope. Um, one last question for you, man. you're very cool with uh, you know, a lot of guys that you brought into Richmond. What I mean, it's kind of funny because you went from super self to now like super agent. Like, how are you? How are you handling that now? you know being that age. And that stuff now. Uh, do you miss it? Like, or are you kind of
1: So like, <laughs> this is my thing. Like for me, I I could have kept playing. Like and it's and there's one of the things that I want to do when I I always set these like mental goals and I always always tell my family this is like I wanted when I come into play pro, I didn't just want to be one year, two year kind of guy. I was like, I want to be a ten year pro. So that was one of the things, like I want to be a 10-year pro. And I was past 10 years. <laughs> so we're getting back. So I I, I I set that path away. And then the, the timing for this transition was, was where I needed it to be. Like it was perfect. Everything was found in place for that. I had options to keep playing. Obviously, still fit <laughs> to keep playing. But like my mindset as as, and this is just how my mindset is i s I've switched to focusing all my 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 energies towards the, the next step, which is helping these players, developing these connections. I I use that energy differently for on the field. Like I, I still play for fun from time to time, but it's not like, man, I need to go back on the field. Cause these guys, a lot of people when they, they retire, they have this like animosity towards the game. You know what I mean? They have these things like was out there, man, I would have been better. And then they keep these comparisons, these old-head comparisons, we call it. Like, the old-head, like, oh, yeah, look at these young man back in my time. Like I don't have that. Like, I, like, <laughs> I give my my generation the props. I give this generation the props, and then we just keep it moving. I, like, so I don't look at it that way. Um, my, my biggest thing is this. I would never want to be big time. There's times when I was a player where I would reach out to say coaches that I knew, or GMs that I knew, uh, and they would just be me. Like, never respond. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nothing. Like, nothing. And I, people I knew really well. And maybe they they, they figured that I was going to ask them for a favor. And a lot of times, like I would never ask you, like, oh, I'll put you in a position. Like, I had, like, a lot of my teammates retired before me in a big-time position. I was never going to be like, oh, please. Bring me into your club, <laughs> like you know, because then be, our friendship is gonna be different. Because you're gonna be like, "Wow, i trying to, I can't do this," and I'm gonna feel bad, and I never wanted to put myself in that position. But like, I spend for that. I, I, I try to like keep it like I'm just try to keep it humble. Like I'm a guy that anyone can approach. I've always been that way, and that's why I get along with so many people, right? So if I have people from all over the world send me. Tape and ask me to represent them blah blah blah. I make sure I answer every single one of them. Like I don't care if you're a Facebook guy that says, hey, you know, like sometimes the player from Africa is like, hey, you're involved in football? Look at me. And they know what I mean. that people are like, oh, like, it's gonna waste my time. I try to not be big time. So that's the one thing that I like that I, that I try to do. Whether Making billions, I'm this billionaire. If you come up to me later for sure, I'm gonna be like, huh, can't talk to you. <laughs> <I'm a different laughs> but I've seen that happen. I've seen so many people get picked up. Friends of mine, like good friends of mine, that like, they they reached different levels in their career. Like they're not, I'm not a player. I'm a coach, or <laughs> I'm not a coach. I'm a GM. So you can use it. as. as you talk talked to me as such. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? No, you're the same guy. Like, you know, you're the same guy that I knew from before. And I try to keep all my relationships like that. Is there's, there's respect that that I have for you, but you don't have to take it to that level that, like, you know what I mean? And, and that's just how I try to live it. I don't, there's nothing about me that's changed in that aspect. Mine, it's just that my focus, this grind that I had to play to wake up every day and play. I had a passion for football. Uh, a lot of the things we do at like Chin. Is said, find people's why, like why do you play? And people are afraid to say they play for money. Right? Some people play for money. Like you don't want to say it. everyone's like, oh my gosh, you pay for money. You're 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 a mercenary. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like oh, like people I see messages like oh, you should play for free for Barcelona. Like no, like some people want to be that financial you know security. Obviously, he's at a point that he doesn't need that anymore. But it's mm-hmm. still the, the you know a principle, right? I don't know why he plays, but I played for pride. Like, you know, some people play for hype to be famous, but that's why I'm not huge on social media and stuff like that. Compared to a lot of guys in my position, it would be blue checked up and thousands of guys showing my abs on so Instagram. <laughs> I was just never into that. So I played for pride, I played for the respect of oh, my peers. So once I knew, you knew that I was a good player and your team, and you knew that, you know, I'm a good guy, I was okay with that. I didn't need to get paid a hundred a hundred million dollars for that you know what I mean mm-hmm. I didn't need to do that that, like that but I still respect a guy that says hey I want as much money as I can when I get it because it still matters that you can't you can't degrade someone's reason of, of playing like you know what I mean of, of living their life like yes it might it might be like Kind of like, it might be sound bad to you because you're thinking like money corrupts and blah, 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 blah. But no, it's just how it is. As some people play for their family. Like, you know, they're playing because, like, their family is proud of them or they want their family to be proud of them blah, blah, blah. blah. But um, so I, yeah, I think that, like, once you know, like, why you want to play, pride and respect, and that's where I keep it like that. Like, um, that's my motivation still in the agency world. Like I wanted I want people to respect what we do, respect our players, respect me, and you know, have a pride in that that we're trying to do things well and we're gonna make mistakes, you know, <laughs> you know, as things are gonna happen and just but just to know that intent and then everything will be good. But
0: Well man, before we wrap this up, yo, we're gonna play a quick game. I'm gonna ask you like three questions, it's called this or that. Um it's real simple. I'm gonna give you two options, you tell which one you would choose. So the very first one, oxtail or curry goat?
1: Yeah, you really—that's—that's that's a tough.
0: One. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, look, it's Jamaican. I'm over here. Talking. Hold on, Sorry, it's crazy.
1: All right, I'm an oxtail guy. I'm a curry goat guy too, but I'm—I'm I'm gonna go to oxtail because it's just when you good. Oxtail is just different. Now. Like more, more people, more people can make. Curry, go you know what I mean? you can't really miss stuff as long as the Currys is good, you know. You can really miss upstairs, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna upstairs,
0: all right. All right, next one redo your uh year at Richmond Kickers or um, redo your year at Ottawa Fury.
1: Uh, ooh, no, Richmond Kickers. Oh, oh, like live it over again, like, yeah. Did you- over again
0: yeah read over
1: oh that's a tough one man oh man that's a really tough one i, I would say uh, with you, just because of the fact that i was so much more naive and younger than and i wasn't thinking about by the time i was in richmond i was like the pressures of oh should i be this coach and, you know the player and this and i had a great time uh i love like you know, Mika, all them. I love those guys there. Bulldog, like, I love those guys. Uh, and I, but, like, in Ottawa, it, I felt like I was free. Like, I was just, like, I was still younger, 5.9. Uh oh <laughs> But, like, you know what I mean? I didn't have that pressure on, like, my, I, in my head, my football career was still, like, rising, you know what I mean? You know, off the field, you know, I... I was just living that his lifestyle. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. But I, I think that I think how would we do that yeah. All
0: right. Last one, man. Have Jamaica qualify for a World Cup or have Jamaica win a gold cup?
1: Qualify for the World Cup. I was there. I was living in Jamaica in '98 when we qualify. And The energy that we were off school for like three
0: days,
1: (laughs) people were just like the pride in the nation was just unmatched. Like, people were just walking hugging strangers. I don't think people got killed for once. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's "That's a big thing, that's a big thing. (laughs) Like, people putting their guns down, like,
1: shooting them in the air instead of like at someone. Uh, nothing beats qualified for a world cup, it puts it's in just a different stage, a different level. And like, uh, uh, for a lot of nations that always qualify, they don't even, you know, it's not the same, you know, the pride is not the same. Yeah. But when you think about it, there's only been three times the Caribbean nation that ever qualified ever Haiti in like 86 or 82, my history. Um, Jamaica 98 and I think trimmed that out to maybe in 2002.
0: I think 02 or 06.
1: I think 02 or 06, I can't remember. Yeah, I we're but, but those are the three times. So it's a huge deal. You make that jump. It changes the economy for a nation. It changes it is crazy. So Gold Cup, man. <laughs> we could get lucky one time and win it with Gold no Cup. You know, we lost the finals one time, like you know, but we're touching a World Cup that easy because it's so much qualifications and everything else to go right so it's
0: harder. Hard. I'll say World Cup well man we just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day for joining on the show man it's been a pleasure talking to you
1: yeah man anytime
0: anytime of course as always listeners um, you can follow the show on Twitter at C-I-K-I-F-C and also on YouTube at Can I Kick It FC. So as always, I apologize you guys later. Be safe and be safe.